This is episode 270 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today I'm going to share with you 10 thoughts or tips to help you tuning out the weight loss industry marketing messages. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food method. And after a 25-year dieting career that started at the age of 12, I decided to say hell no to that culture and hell yes to living my life to the fullest in my now body. And I made it my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently, unconditionally, right now. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hey, if you're new to the Going Beyond the Food Show, our podcast roadmap has been designed with you in mind. With over 250 episodes available to listen, it can feel overwhelming to know which episode to prioritize for you. The podcast guide answers the top five questions women have when they enter our world of going beyond the food to unlearn diet culture. To get your free copy of our podcast roadmap guide, head over to stephaniedoziate.com forward slash roadmap or use the hyperlink in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side. This podcast, my sister, is for everyone, that it is the first time you're listening to the Going to Beyond the Food show, because it's January. If you're listening in a timely fashion, there's a lot of new people interested into the world of intuitive eating and body neutrality and the non-diet approach. So welcome to all of you, or that you are a long-term listener for the last perhaps even four years, this is for you too. I have chosen this title for a very particular reason, tuning out the weight loss industry instead of tuning out diet culture, because I want to reach more women. When we are at the beginning stages of shifting out of dieting, the word diet culture often doesn't mean a thing. Actually, I know for me, it meant being on a diet, which it's not the case. That's not the true definition of diet culture. Diet culture is a new term that is not part of our vocabulary we're educated to, and for good reason. I'm going to share those in the reminder of the podcast. As women learn the word diet culture and its definition, it's through definition and how it shows up in their life, their personal life, it has a massive impact. So if you're new here and the word diet culture doesn't mean much to you right now, stay along this podcast. Tip or thought number five will teach you the meaning of diet culture. So if that's you, hold on to your panties, my sister. We'll get there very soon. So I'm going to declare my intention for this podcast before we get into the 10 tips or thoughts, and because I want it to be clear. The intention of this podcast is to help women make a choice, a choice in face of all the marketing from the weight loss industry, from the fitness industry, from the wellness industry, aimed at women and our bodies, to help women make an educated choice about their body, 
about the way they live their life, about the way they eat, about what and how they take care of their own body, their mind, and their soul. My intention is to help women make a choice so they can free themselves from the thought, but I have to. And instead, trade it for, I choose to. I want all of us to make choices, not to feel obligated to do anything that anyone else tells us we have to do. And that's including the weight loss industry. At the end of the day, your body, your choice. It's irrelevant to me which choice you make. Just make a choice. Don't let anyone impose you any way of living your life and living in your body. So with that in mind, here's how we're going to do this. The reminder of the podcast is going to be 10 thoughts. And I say, and I use the word thoughts very intentionally. I want to propose to you new ways of thinking about the marketing messages from the weight loss industry, fitness, beauty, all of these industry. And it's up to you to decide if you're going to think those thoughts. Totally up to you. You'll choose what you, what you want to do by the end of this podcast. So most often when we look at the world of communication, these types of podcasts or article are presented to you in the format of, hey, here's my 10 tips for you about blah, 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 blah. We can say that what I'm about to share with you is tips, but I really want to reinforce the aspect of choice. So for me, it's more thoughts. I'm going to propose to you 10 new ways of thinking, and you make the choice if you want to think like that or not. I'm not going to say to you, this is a better way of thinking about X, Y, and Z. I'm going to say, here's a new way of thinking. Choose what you want. Pick what you want from this. Select and choose to believe the thoughts that are going to serve you with the goals that you have for your own life. So on that, let's get started. Thought number one, anticipate seeing diet, fitness, wellness, detoxes ad in the month of January, and for that matter, every month of the year, and prepare for it. Ask yourself the question, why would it be any different? Honestly, it's been like this for decades, since probably the early 1970s. And it's not because you've decided this year to not buy in to tenor is better that it's going to stop. Here's the harsh truth. The diet and the weight loss industry is a $92 billion industry in the U.S. alone. And that's in 2017. They aren't going to leave the market voluntarily. We live in a capitalist society. These companies have shareholders that they have to respond to, that they need to make a profit. Thinking that it's going to be any other way that it has been last year is simply ignorance and stupidity. So expect it. Prepare for it. 
We'll get into the prepare in just a minute in the next few thoughts, but I want you to expect it and prepare for it. To the people and the women who say, well, it should be different. I totally agree with you. It should be, but it's not what is. And dreaming of what it should be does not prepare you for what is. So expect it. It's coming at you. Here's why, which is thought number two. We live in a society that structurally is built on the fear of fatness. This means that all of us have been raised to be afraid of fatness, to be afraid of being fat, to be afraid of the discrimination, aka the judgment of other people on our body. It's not a choice for us to fear fatness. It's built in us. Women of my generation mostly have had mothers who were deeply afraid of fatness too. Most women that I work with have dieted for the first time with their mom. Their mom subconsciously taught them to diet, taught them to be afraid of fatness. Their mom is the one that showed them the rope into dieting, restricting, and hating their body. As women, we are indoctrinated into the fear of fatness with our first Barbie. And then with the teeny bopper magazine, we all read and watch and put poster in our bedrooms. And today, the younger generation, it's social media. And as it continue and keeps with us as we get older, it's the beauty industry, it's the fear of aging, it's the fashion industry. It's supported our entire life. That fatness, that getting old is something we should be afraid of. And unconsciously, we buy into it. That is, until someone, someone like me, comes along and say, hey, sister, Did you know that you don't have to be afraid of fatness? So until that someone comes into your life, you want to lose weight. It's so prevalent that a recent survey of little girls, 10 years old, school girl, reported that 81% of those 10 years old school girls were more afraid of being fat than having cancer. And this is just two to three years ago. I think the survey was in 2018. And that leads me to thought number three. Remind yourself who the diet, fitness, and detox industry really benefit. As I mentioned in point or thought number one, it's a $92 billion industry, just the weight loss alone in the U.S., As a whole, if we look at the whole of the wellness industry, like the weight loss, the wellness, the personal care, the clean eating, the detox, all that stuff, the wellness industry, it's $4.2 trillion. And then the cosmetic and the beauty industry are not included in that. That's $49.5 billion in 2019. And Let's just talk for a minute about the medical 
and pharmaceutical industry that has billions of dollars in revenue depending on us women fearing fatness that we think of diet pills, gastric bypass surgery, or a liposuction surgery, all aim to cater to our fear of fatness. The main target customer in those three industry, not people, not general people, women, people identified as women, a small, very small percentage of the marketing is spent on men. Sisters, if we stop fearing fatness, there would be a massive economical fallout from this. Entire industry would collapse. Our economy would be severely affected because we have all these industries built around us as women being afraid of fatness. So for every ad, every marketing element you see, you witness, you experience, although the marketing line might be said to help you truly look at it and think about who will be profiting over your fear of fatness. Which leads me to thought number four. Fear of fatness is systemic. If you were once afraid in your life of being fat, of gaining weight, or staying fat, know that it's not your fault. As I said, entire systems are built to ensure that you are afraid of fatness. In the same way that racism is systemic in America, weight stigma, aka fat phobia, aka fear of fatness, is systemic in America and most modern society. It's systemic. Our society depends on women being afraid of fatness. Entire economical structure are built upon this. Not only do we live in a capitalist society with all these economical structure built around a fear of fatness, but we also live in a patriarchal society, patriarchal society for the last 2,500 years, roughly. And patriarchal society, for those who don't know, are society designed to place people identify as men in position of power. Most society in the world right now are patriarchal society, including North American society. To ensure that men stays in position of power, structures have been built in our society to prevent equal access to power. Now, the good news is over the last 150 years, of the last 2,500, women have been claiming back their equal share of power. In the late 1800s, we claimed back our power to own land and money. And then in the early 1900, the right to political power with our right to vote. And then we went on to the right of working and earning. And in response to our claim back of power in this patriarchal society came diet culture. Diet culture is that is a system, it's a structure placed in our society to keep women insecure, 
doubtful. So it ensure that we do not claim our power because mentally, from a mindset perspective, from a self-confidence, we are not in a position of claiming our power. And this gets me to thought number five. Get yourself familiar as a woman with diet culture. All women should be thought the word diet culture in like the sixth grade, but we're not <laughs> because that helps support the structure of us being doubtful, insecure, and fearing fatness. So diet culture, for those who don't know what it is, it's an entire system of beliefs and value. It's a philosophy that place worth and value on size and outward appearance. It encouraged the belief that smaller body are better, that smaller body are healthier. And the way through to achieve this smaller body, this higher worthiness, is through controlling food, diet, and exercise. And if one tries hard enough, it's achievable for all. It's a system created, diet culture, in order to keep women worrying about their beauty and weight instead of much bigger issue. Diet culture became a thing, became popular in the 1900, and it became very popular in the mid to late 1940s, more the time advanced, more persuasive, more aggressive the marketing began to be for women around their beauty and the size of their body. Entire industry in the last seven years have been built around diet culture mentioned earlier, the weight loss industry, the beauty industry, and even the medical industry has component built around that. And diet culture works very well. That's why I have spent 25 years trying to lose weight using diets that never worked. And instead of blaming the diet, the process, I blamed myself thinking that something was wrong with me, not with the diet. And that leads me to thought number six. It's not your fault. It's normal that you want to lose weight. And I want you to really sit on that thought. It's not my fault. It's normal that I want to lose weight. Once you understand the system, the structure built around you to lead you to believe you need to lose weight to be happy, no surprise that you do. It's working very well. You need to have self-compassion. That doesn't mean you should take action on your desire to go on a diet. That means you need to instead work on deconstructing this desire. That's what we call, quote, doing the work. Doing the work means deconstructing the belief system that you were socialized to unknowingly, subconsciously, and that are leading you today to believe that you aren't good enough as you are, that you must be thinner, you must be more beautiful to be worthy. That's doing the work. That's what we do in Conquer and Thrive, the program in where I lead women through doing this work. 
So every time you feel the urge to go on a diet or think the thought that you have to lose weight, that you aren't good enough as you are, remind yourself that it's normal, but that you have a choice. You have a choice to no longer unconsciously responding to this urge and this thought and making yourself miserable, but instead you can make the choice to respect your body, respect yourself and adopt a non-diet approach to life and health. That leads me to thought number seven, join a community of like-minded women. One of the best ways to tune out the influence of ad-promoting weight loss, dieting, and diet culture is to surround yourself with people, groups, and messages that support this non-diet approach to help. Clear your social media feed. Anything that support diet or fitness ad, get rid of it. And instead, create a feed that you can browse and be reminded and be taught new messages that support you being enough as you are. Listen to podcasts like this one. Read books that support the same philosophy. Find your peeps. Create the message you want to hear. I know that at this time, there aren't many of us, but I can guarantee you with certainty that in 10 years from now, the landscape will be different because the younger generation of women, your daughters, are being exposed to a more diverse message today. And if you, as a leader, as a mother, take into your hand to filter the message that the young women of today are exposed to, I can guarantee you we're going to fast track this timeline. Which leads me to tip number eight. And this is going to be hardcore empowerment. You don't own a goddamn explanation to anyone about your body, about the way you eat, or the food you choose to have in your house. Let me rephrase this. In fact, you do own an explanation to someone you. That person that you look in the mirror every day, that's who you own an explanation to. As women, we are socialized to be, quote, good girls. If you've never heard me talk about the concept of good girls, go back to podcast 249. As good girl, we are socialized and educated to please other. And this bullshit must stop. You're a grown-ass woman. You don't need to please anyone else but yourself. When we try to please other, that's when we get into trouble as people, as women. We need to make choices and be responsive and responsible towards one people, ourselves. And that leads me to thought number nine. Set these intentions, set these goals for yourself to be responsible for yourself from a place of love instead of fear. That's the decision matrix that we teach inside of the Beyond the Food Method. This is the first lesson we teach in all of our program. Make decision for your life from a place of love instead of fear. Make a decision from a place that nothing is wrong with you. Nothing. Rien. Nada. <laughs> nothing is wrong with you. You are perfect as you are. You don't need fixing. If you were to make decisions about food, body, and health from that space, how different would your choice be? That's the non-diet approach. The non-diet approach start from the ground that you are enough. You don't need fixing. 
And that leads me to the last thought, top number 10. And this one is going to be for my more advanced sister. Perhaps you've ditched dieting last year. Perhaps you are an intuitive eater, but you're still being triggered. So thought number 10 is this, avoiding being triggered isn't healing. Being triggered is normal. Being triggered is expected. It's a sign that you have healing to do, that you have growth to experience. Avoiding being triggered, putting your hand in the sand, pretending that diet culture doesn't exist and pretending that weight loss is in there and just avoiding it will not, is not serving you. Instead, I want you to look at every time you're being triggered as an opportunity to see where your next level of work reside. Seeing your emotional reaction to an ad, to someone else's word, to someone else's action as an opportunity to identify an area of your own self-work that you need to do. And this is when the mindset skills, the mindset work comes in. So the journey you've taken up to here, if it has not included this ability to look at your emotion, to look at your thoughts from a place of neutrality so you can learn from them, that's your work. That's your work right now. That's the next step of your journey. You should be able to see a Weight Watcher ad, to see a fitness model, or to watch an anti-aging cream commercial on TV and have a neutral reaction. The same type of reaction you would have for a household cleaning product ad. It should be no different. That's the goal of healing. The true goal of healing is to be neutral. That's where freedom lies, is in being neutral. So in closing this podcast, I have these words for you. Dieting is hard work. Believing your body is inherently flawed, that weighing less will make you happy, is exhausting. Pushing back against dieting, pushing back against diet culture, believing that you are okay and worthy as is, that's hard work too in our society. Only one of these choices is sustainable. Only one of these choices will strengthen you. My hope for all women is that we choose the work that makes us feel worthy and not ashamed. Choose love every goddamn time, my sister. I love you, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Hey, you. If you enjoy listening to this show, you have to come and check Conquer and Tribe. It's my monthly coaching program that comes with expert courses that will show you exactly how to take this life-changing work and apply it into your own life. We teach you how to change your mindset, eat intuitively, and master body confidence. That you've decided to stop dieting today or years ago, Conquer and Thrive will help you take this knowledge deeper into real-life practices. It comes with access to me as your coach and my team of experts. Join us by simply going to www.stephaniedodzie.com forward slash join. I can't wait to meet you inside our Conquer and Thrive community. I'll see you on the other side.